What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. First up on what's trending, the Kansas City Chiefs have seven Pro Bowlers elected yesterday. That just one shy of the NFL lead Philadelphia Eagles, who managed to get eight. Some a couple of first-time nods, including Joe Tooney and our guy Creed Humphrey. Getting it the first time, Orlando Brown Jr., his fourth time, Chris Jones, his fourth time, and then, of course, some of the common ones, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. The other first-timer was Tommy Townsend. After an interesting week for Tommy, by the way. Poetic All justice, the Dustin baby. quit Harrison Butker talk, and instead Tommy gets AFC Special Teams Player of the Week and then gets and then gets his first-ever Pro Bowl nod. So I imagine he's uh, willing to put the rest of that nonsense behind him. Ooh. Speaking of what's also trending, the NFL officially announces that YouTube and NFL Sunday ticket will start in 2023. No you guesses. think the price going to be the same? It's what, $300 with mm-hmm. DirecTV? I just, I was telling you this earlier in the bullpen, man. I, I just miss PlayStation View where I could add Red Zone for $10 on the side of what my subscription already was. So I would assume it's the NFL, billion dollar industry. It's not going anywhere. It's going to continue to get rich and more rich and more rich. Um, I would assume it's probably going to be in the same ballpark, $250, $300 for a year's subscription of NFL Sunday ticket. By the way, we can all just go ahead and short direct TV stock like it's Blockbuster, right? Mm-hmm. I assume there were just like tens of thousands of people who were holding on to that just because of NFL Sunday ticket. By the way, speaking of that, there's a great documentary on Netflix called Eat the Rich that explains that entire process of that day that that happened. Or I guess that week or so whatever GameStop hit the roof oh, or the moon oh it was fantastic oh they it was bring an interesting it's, time. it's a great one it's called Eat the Rich it's a very fantastic documentary next up on Watch Trending Ryan Tannehill's season is likely over after his injuries kept him out for multiple weeks now the Titans coach yesterday Mike Vrabel suggesting that it's probably the end of the road for Ryan Tannehill opening the door for the Jacksonville Jaguars they'll play tonight against the Jets Trevor Lawrence will play despite the toe injury they have a chance to overcome the Titans to take that division now. They've lost four. Titans have lost four games in a row. Mm. And they're starting Malik Willis the final three games, including one more game against the Jags. Man, let Dougie P do it. Speaking of quarterbacks that will be missing this Sunday, this helps Patrick Mahomes' MVP odds. Nick Sirianni came out today and said officially that Gardner Minshew will start. For you fantasy owners, I think this is a great way to start a streaming quarterback this week. Gardner Minshew will be playing with a lot of heart. As his head coach in college, Mike Leach, passed away. He was at the funeral on Monday. Jalen Hurts in that offense has been pretty good this year. Gardner Minshew, a great backup, but he will start. Jalen Hurts will not play due to the shoulder injury in Philadelphia. Lastly, on what's trending, according to Kay Adams, two teams have reached out to Rob Gronkowski after he tweeted yesterday, quote, I'm kind of bored, <laughs> end quote. Do you blame him? No. Because look at the look at the disparity between Travis Kelsey and Uh every other NFL tight end. There is a chasm Mm -hmm. between the two, a massive difference between the number one tight end and the number two tight end in the NFL this year. So, yeah, I think that there's a pretty good chance that you could uh, see teams reach out. I still don't think he'll play for anybody other than Tom Brady, though. No. Won't even go to New England. Well, I think he'll go anywhere to play with Tom Brady. Yeah. If Tom Brady goes back to New England, fine. If Tom Brady ends up in Las Vegas, fine. I think he'll go anywhere to play with Tom Brady, but he's never shown a willingness to just go out and play with any other team. I also think that he's doing it for the attention, if you ask me. 
Uh, also, if you want to continue the what's trending, Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley is starting Saturday for the Falcons. Oh, so Lamar Jackson officially ruled out? I don't know why he said the Falcons, but I think he means the Ravens, Mr. Schefter. Oh. Um, John Harbaugh, no Lamar Jackson for a third straight game. So no Lamar Jackson, no Jalen Hurts, uh, no Ryan Tannehill. All three quarterbacks of playoff teams that won't be playing. So, You know most- that there have only been 10 quarterbacks this season who have started and finished every single game for their team this year. I'm going to assume one plays in Kansas City. Yes. I'm going to assume one plays in L.A. Oh, with Herbert? Yeah. yeah, he's one. Even though he had a broken rib, never missed a week. No, and didn't miss a didn't miss the rest of the game. Remember, right. he played the rest of the game. He threw a dart. Uh, there's how many? Three? There's ten. Oh, there's it's ten. It's only okay. a third of the league. Okay. That's crazy. It's I don't still know a I... low number. A third of the league? Yeah. Everyone else has had to start a quarterback at some other point this year? Has Derek Carr missed a game? No. So the entire AFC Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's wild. Russell Wilson's missed time now. Yeah, because he it used to knocked be himself out. But yeah. well, I guess Frank Clark did. But either way, that's what's trending here on Cody and Gold. We did mention the the Pro Bowl stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like any Chiefs got snubbed. We don't have to do the Chiefs got snubbed conversation this year. Nick Bolton. Every t- I, you know what? I, I, I'd have been fine if he in was the league in tackles. I'd have been fine if he was. Yeah. Um, I didn't think, but snub is strong. You know, snub is when I think. How did Christian McCaffrey not end up? Players don't like him. He has more all-purpose yards than every other running back who's in the Pro Bowl above him. If you look at how the voting works, it's divided into three-thirds. Third fan, third. Coaches and players. Coaches and players. So coaches get a third, players get a third, fans get a third. Tua had the number one vote from fans. So that'll tell you what coaches and players thought of his effort. And common sense. I mean, the, Dude, three, quarterbacks the three quarterbacks that represent the AFC should represent the AFC for the next 10 Alan years. Allen, Burrow, and <laughs> yeah. Mahomes. I mean, I'll listen to maybe there's a year that Lamar Jackson has better than maybe Burrow or Josh Allen or Mahomes, maybe, because he's won an MVP, he's electric. But, I mean, I don't see how Tua is a snub. I don't understand that. Like, he's missed, what, three games this year? Players didn't want him in there. Coaches said it wasn't his job, and everyone looks at the AFC and says, who are the top three quarterbacks in the NFL? Probably the top three that are representing the AFC. They're going to be the Pro Bowl quarterbacks for a while. The only one that keeps confused because the text line immediately is like, I'm sorry, how does Orlando Brown Jr. keep getting Pro Bowl nods when he's clearly like the 13 best live tackle in the league? Here's the thing. Because he plays in the AFC. He's one. He plays in the AFC, which tells him. He's also not the 13th best left tackle. Left tackle is a very weak position. And the way Pro Bowl voting works is once you're in the club, yep. it is hard to get out amongst coaches and players Creed Humphrey will now be a, just assume, Creed Humphrey will be a nine-time Pro Bowler. Now, it kind of debunks that. Is he's it, in it now, and he'll just be in it forever. And the other thing, too, is that, like, Creed's also probably the second him and, best. Him and Jason Kelsey are the two best centers in the Yeah, NFL. so it, it kind of defaults that. But, I mean, the other thing, too, is that you're on an offensive line that protects Patrick Mahomes. And I thought CMC was the worst exclusion. Christian McCaffrey was the worst exclusion out of anything in the Pro Bowl. Though. I would listen to him. I would listen to Austin Eckler. Yeah, he has had a great year. He just playing a deep league of running backs, man. Like he just he I don't think Austin Eckler's really missed a whole lot of games. Um, you know, and I think it's just it's one of those things where he's a very valuable player and he didn't make it. Did Devontae Adams make yeah, he made it. So Devontae, Chase, Tyreek, and Diggs, those are the wide receivers in the AFC. That is a loaded group. That is a absolutely loaded group at receiver in the AFC. The conference is just so much better. 
This was the stat I had given yesterday. I know we're getting ready. To, we'll do all 32 coming sure. up here in just a minute where we can give our NFL stories. The, the one I had done the other day was the, the quarterback rounds mm-hmm. of this is, this is what goes to the, speak to the depth of the conference. Mm-hmm. The quarterback round of the AFC, every single quarterback who is currently projected to be in the AFC playoff field is a first-round pick. They're all first-round picks. Except for now Malik Willis because of the mm-hmm. injury Tannehill. is a second, right? Was Malik Willis a second? Mm, that's worth the research. He was I, right around there. I don't think lot, he, he had a lot of hype in the preseason because a lot of people were like, hey, he should probably has a potential chance to beat the job over Tannehill. And then they saw him throw the football, and then he threw it three times total in the second half. And third he, round pick. Third round pick. Okay, so other than that now, before the Tannehill injury, it was all seven quarterbacks, now six quarterbacks, are first round picks. Mm-hmm. Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, right? Lamar Jackson, they're all first round picks. Yeah. But in the NFC, it is one first round pick, Daniel Jones. One mm-hmm. second round pick, Jalen Hurts, and a bunch of guys taking rounds four, five, six, undrafted, who are currently projected to be in the playoff field. That's what it feels like in the AFC versus the NFC in all the positions. Yeah, because Brady's a six round pick representing Tampa. Rob Purdy's a seventh. He was the last Mr. pick overall. Dak yeah. Prescott was a fourth. No quarterback. And that grouping, the only guy who was taken in the first round was Daniel Jones out Hell of the yeah. current playoff field he was sixth overall and he's the worst quarterback in the entire nfc playoff field but he has two nicknames that are fantastic vanilla vic and danny dimes yeah those are great nicknames i mean it, it if only get... his play match man those nicknames would live forever but you know vanilla vic might because it just seems like a bland version of michael vic yeah but it needs i still need him to be a little bit better in order to do it That's doesn't that mean that it's kind of contradictory also, yeah, the, sure. you're not Michael Vick if you're the bland version. Yeah, so it's because like, that means that you just kind of suck. Yeah, which he does. It just means you can run kind of. He's been good for fantasy owners, though. Oh, but he's been dropping dimes, clearly. Danny Dimes. Excuse me. I, I like alliteration with nicknames. Jed, have you ever had a nickname? Jedro. J-Rock. J-Rock? Who called you J-Rock? The Hadley Gang, my boys from when I grew up. I've never heard anyone call you J-Rock. It's because... Do they still call you J-Rock? I more get called Rock than anything, but yeah. This is new information. Sup, Rock? Yo. You don't strike me as a rock. I'm not really. That's why it's ironic, I I suppose. That's why it works. Mm, Interesting. Those are good times. I'm sure that people wanted to know about my nicknames. They do. People like to get to know you on the radio. Do you have any nicknames? Never had a nickname. Code man. And code, code man is word. what anybody over the age of like 55 calls you. I've tried to give Cody two give different man. nicknames, code man and code word, because I like code word. I think that's good. Hey, code word. No, tap. People try no. to make like funny jokes off of tap, but it was never a nickname. Mm. Like they just make Happy Gilmore references or they say tap water or damp. But like those were never nicknames. They're just people trying to make puns off of your name. Tap water. That's it. That's that's about it. Other than that, no, no nicknames for me. Coming up in five minutes, we'll do all 32. We'll give you some of the biggest storylines in the NFL. But Seattle can beat you if you play a bad football game. And I feel that that's different than any of the, let's say, five of the other six final games they play this year. Mm -hmm. The only thing that holds me back from really worrying about Seattle is you. This is the kind of game that I think you mentioned earlier. You are getting Seattle at their worst, so put it on them. Yeah. Like, I know that we keep asking for that. And I'm not saying against every week. Can mm-hmm. one time in these final three weeks of the regular season, you pour it on a team and keep them down? Denver was playing bad football. You didn't keep them down. Texans were actually coming off their best game of the season. Fine. Maybe you just caught them at the wrong time of their ultimate confidence. Mm-hmm. 
But Seattle's playing bad football. They're without Tyler Lockett. They're without Kenneth Walker, which helps make that offense go. The things that were working for Geno Smith and the rest of the offense earlier in the year are not. And yet I still know that if you play some C-minus game, turn it over twice, don't turn over Seattle, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So can you just play, not even poured on, can you play one clean game? I think that's what I'm officially asking. Can you play a clean game? Maybe you punt a couple times, so what? Maybe a couple incompletions, whatever. But can you just go out there and score your normal 28 to 30 points, 28 to 33 points, don't turn the ball over, win by 10 points, and move on with your day? I don't know if the weather, you're looking outside like, yeah. should I be factoring that into this request? I don't know. because Dude, it looks so cold outside. Our boss told us to take the over in all the weather games because that's what uh, that's what the gambling experts are calling for is that the over should should play. But I, I, I find myself hard to believe that. But the thing is, is that Seattle is the best worst team you're playing the remainder of the season. Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver, Vegas. And, some and Seattle argue, needs this game desperately to stay Right, in the and some people might think that that Vegas is is probably the best worst team because of the way they're playing and all their players that are back. But Seattle has, to me, the perfect ingredients to make this game somewhat interesting. They have a pretty solid head coach. They have a quarterback that's been playing on house money since week one. They have a good solid wide receiver. Now their defense isn't great. Their defense is, is not it's one your, of the worst in the NFL. Yeah, it's bottom your, six or seven in points. It's not your game. traditional style of Seattle defense. The Legion of Boom has obviously been dead for quite a while, but they're playing with a give a blank attitude, which is always kind of the scariest type of matchup you can have when you're in the position that you're in on the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like I compared it to a poker player earlier. The Kansas City Chiefs are sitting at the table, chip stack lead. They know where they're at. They know there's no way they're not walking away from this table without at least a significant amount of money. We've all played against that guy, and it just seems like it's just his night. They're hitting the cards. No matter what he plays, he can start off with a with an 8-4 unsuited. He's going to hit a runner, runner straight. That's just the way the Chiefs have been playing this year. They've been playing good, trusting their hand. Even when they're playing bad out. hands, they win. It, yeah. still, it still hits. High card is like the best way they beat the Houston Astros, where it's like, I have an ace. It's like, really? That's what won it? Yeah, it is. And Seattle comes in here as the player at the table that has won their money back and you played against these guys, I'm sure where they set that money to the side and they go, that's the 50 year. That's the hundred bucks I bought in with all this other stuff is what I never had to start off with. So I know I'm going to play for free for the rest of the night. Cause I have this, I'm comfortable with it. I was not supposed to be in this position, but here I am, but I'm going to surprise you throughout. Like I'm going to raise the blind before we see any three cards. I'm going to call on your river bluff and see if I can hit something myself. And those type of people are scary in those situations. That's kind of how Seattle's playing this game. You don't expect them to be a threat. You don't expect them to be something of serious notion that can really cause you to have a bad, bad day. But there's a lot of factors that kind of debunk that theory. The weather is going to suck. It's the first home game in three weeks for the Chiefs. There's a lot of, not momentum, but there's still a lot of stuff the Chiefs are playing for. They're playing for the one seed. They don't want to travel. They got to stay away from Cincinnati. They don't want to lose the two seed. So the Chiefs are also still in a in a little bit of a system or a little bit of a of a funk where they can't let Seattle play that loose mentality. They got to have to play Seattle as if, oh no, I'm starting to lose those chips, and now I might have to start diving into my my money that I didn't buy in, or the money that I bought in for. So 
I like, obviously, the Chiefs in this situation, but I think you're right. I think every week you can lose, and you can ha-ha laugh it off like, yeah, you can't lose to the Texans, and then you saw last week happen. They still didn't lose. They still won because the Texans eventually yeah. made a, a, a game-losing mistake. But Seattle is, like I said, probably the best, worst team you have left. They have superstars on that field. They have a superstar head coach, and they have a quarterback that's just not afraid of anything right now, and that's kind of a bad situation to go into. But the other thing, too, is trust your guns. Like you mentioned earlier, every single wide receiver that's on this roster that's going to make an impact throughout the rest of the season and in the playoffs is on this roster. Tony or Tony's on this roster now playing Hardman more than likely playing. You have MVS, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey's out there. Everybody that was involved in Pat camp. That's not named Kadarius. Tony is involved in this offense state. You can bring out the fresh pages that you've had, you know, hidden away because there's guys that weren't in those positions. Now a guy like sky Moore, who you might depend on in the previous weeks on third and three, that guy is now McCole Hardman. And I'm not saying that Sky Moore is, you know, no, slouch, much more but you're going to have McCole Hardman, who's known this playbook, who's won a Super Bowl with this team, that's a little bit more equipped to the offense than maybe Sky Moore is, and that makes your offense better, and that lessens the chance for Seattle to really have a chance to win this game. Again, can they win this game? Can they beat the Chiefs? 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 Absolutely they can. But they're also getting a Chiefs team that is like maybe in the mode of like Nicolas Cage from Gone in 60 Seconds when he plays low rider, and then he does the, okay, let's go. Like, now's the time. Everyone is officially healthy. No one's really waiting on anybody to come back unless you're counting on Clyde Edwards-Lair to be somewhat significant in the offense uh, on the playoff run. But this Chiefs team is ready to make this move. It's that time of the year. We're close to January 1 where football really matters in Kansas City. And Seattle just happens to get in the way. Let's get to a little All 32 brought to you by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Technicians you can trust with your house keys. Jacksonville, for me, is one of the interesting teams remaining. I had mentioned that they have a chance to beat Tennessee, move on to the postseason for the first time in the Doug Peterson era. But the reason why is what I'm going to talk about today, which is Trevor Lawrence is playing legitimately great football. You know how long it took? A full year and a half to see why this team, why he was talked about as one of the can't-miss prospects, the most sure thing since Andrew Luck, why he had that kind of recognition going out of it. Because his last six games, he's completing 70% of his passes. He has 14 passing touchdowns to just one pick. He is dominant. He has been dominant. It's why they're 4-2 and two during that stretch. Yeah, they've lost some games. One of those games, including a game to Kansas City. But he was nearly perfect against Dallas last week. Even with the pass rush, he was perfect against Tennessee two weeks ago. He's playing his best football. The Jags are playing their best football. And whether they make the postseason or not this year, they are definitively going to make the postseason next year. Like, they're winning the AFC South next year, right? We're not taking any other teams? Colts, Titans. I mean, Vrabel's still there. Runs a pretty solid show. But, yeah, I mean, I it like that. a tight ship. But it's just, like, at some point, their story was going to end because you can't count on Tannehill and Derrick Henry to take you the postseason every year. So that's your story is Jacksonville this year? That's your 32 this week? Yes. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence? I Trevor like Lawrence. that. Specifically Trevor Lawrence. He's got a big game Thursday night. It's number one versus tonight. number or tonight. Number one versus number two in the draft. I feel really bad. Our guy Vinny Pasquantino came on Tuesday, said he was going to go to the game on Thursday. Uh, Weather impacting his out. delay. Can't fly out. Yeah. Said he's going to be stuck in the in-laws basement for the game. Well, that's not terrible. I'm sure. They he said are. they're going to go watch Avatar and give him the whole basement to himself. Ugh, I will not be watching Avatar. Sorry. Dude, it's three and a half hours. There's just no way. So There's was no the way. first one. There's no way. I never saw that one either. I'm not yeah. giving up three and a half hours of my life. I can't. Yeah, go watch Fern Gully. It's a lot better. Um, 
Fern Gully? Is it a ripoff? It's exactly the same story as Avatar. I've seen Fern Gully. Yeah, watch it again. I'll say this. You just look like you're shaking your head in frustration again. Oh, is he a big is he a big James Cameron guy? He's a big Fern Gully fan. No, I don't even like movies, but I feel like the fact that we just got off on a tangent on Fern Gully and Avatar is a little bit jumping the you know, not the point of all thirty-two. Well, the point of all thirty-two is to have something that you're looking at this weekend, right? Oh, I see. So mine is Gardner Minshew. I don't know why I like this guy. I felt like he never got a fair shot to just see if he could start. Oh, I think he did. I just think he's a great backup. He's the perfect guy to call upon when you need one win. Dallas is in shambles. Dallas barely beat Houston. Dallas lost to your Jags. And now they're going to play Philadelphia on Christmas Eve in a game that they have to have. Like, Dallas has to have this game. Yeah. Right? They got to have this game. Otherwise, the entire sky will fall. On Dak Prescott and that entire team. You lose to, you almost lose to Davis Mills, mm-hmm. then lose to Lawrence, and then lose to and the way they lost, Minshew. And the way they lost to Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. <sighs> they had a 20-point lead yeah. and lost it in overtime. Gave up the lead with 40 seconds left in regulation. Like, they gave up that game. And to a team that they are should be much better than because Dallas doesn't know what they're doing. And the other thing about this... Gardner Minshew lost one of his mentors in Mike Leach. Most of the time, these types of stories tend to lead towards success. Like we all remember the Brett Favre and his dad passing. He played the next Monday night football game and absolutely went nuts against the Raiders. Right. And Tiger Woods loses his dad, goes out and plays a tournament and goes nuts. Right. Like we've seen this happen. I'm looking at Gardner Minshew this weekend. Go ruin America's team. Go be that guy that after the game, you can put the, the funky shorts on, rock the the weird Fu Manchu or the mustache that you rock. I like Gardner Minshew this week. I think he's a streamable quarterback, and I'm rooting for him this week as the as the Eagles go to play. You know the reason why I'm rooting for Gardner Minshew as well? I'm a scumbag. I got money on Mahomes to win a future MVP. I want Gardner Minshew to win against Dallas, have a good offensive day, so then all those people in Vegas can go, eh, okay, maybe it's not just Maybe Hurts. it's a system. It's nothing against Jalen Hurts. It's just everything to do with my money. I found it ironic that Cody talked about how bad of a win it was for Jacksonville over uh, the Cowboys, but he yet wanted to talk about the Jags and how good Lawrence was. He's so great. Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports put out an article ranking the top five offseason moves. I want your guys' opinions on which one was the best. The Dolphins trading for Tyreek Hill. The okay. Eagles trading for A.J. Brown. Or the Eagles signing James Bradbury. I think that it's A.J. Brown. I mean, a Tyreek Hill move definitely puts them into the conversation, but A.J. Brown was like the missing piece to put that team over the top. They had literally every other single thing in place for a Super Bowl caliber roster except the number one wide receiver, and now they have a number one wide receiver. It's that one, right? Yeah, because if you look at teams in the past and what's gotten quarterbacks to make that that next move, yeah. like Josh Allen wasn't Josh Allen until he got Stephon Diggs, correct? That's fair to say. Yeah, he didn't take Um, that huge leap until he had that guy. Okay. Um, I'll also say this. Uh, Tua has not been that great until he got Tyreek Hill, which we haven't seen a full sample size of that, but he has been better with Tyreek Hill. And Dante Culpepper was not better with Randy. Was he not better with Randy Moss? Right. So, but to me, the best offseason move, 
Seattle getting rid of Russell Wilson and getting the second overall pick or third overall pick in the draft and being able to get really nasty with that pick. That's all 32 brought to you by Anthony plumbing, heating and cooling. When we come back, our chief sideline reporter, Josh Klingler joins the show. Here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Cody Tap, Dusty Likens with you. Just a couple creatures for a while. That's a, I think that's the name of the song. It's a lyric from the song. It's actually a beautiful disaster. Because uh, wow. today is a beautiful disaster of a day. Is Were you actually going for that, or were you just playing 311 just to make you feel better? I like 311 a lot, but I don't know. It seemed applicable. So did I when I was 12. Um, you, this Speaking is, of beautiful disasters, Josh Klingler, our chief sideline we'll reporter, in a minute. host of co-host of Fesco in the Morning, joins us on a Thursday because we had a short show yesterday. How are you, Kling? That's a that's a brilliant segue. Thank you. <laughs> hey, by the way, Dane and Hughes says you have to put Vaseline on your arms and wear short sleeve shirts on the sideline this weekend. Yeah, he's way tougher than I. Okay. I will I will not be embarking in that. I will be dressing in many layers. I have purchased a uh, a battery powered uh, yeah. vest. Wow. I'm doing the whole thing. I am not as tough, nowhere near as tough as Danon was. No, you you're bought smart. I'll say was. <laughs> I'll say was because I don't know if he's going to do. He's not going to join me down in the downstairs on Saturday, right? He's going to be up in that no, cushy little booth. Yeah, he so, said his yeah. toughest part on Saturday was walking from the car to the booth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll be inside yeah, the rest so. of the day. He doesn't have to do that anymore. Yeah, that that and the moving around is a lot better than. I, I, I tend to stand a little too much, so do you, th- you get cold? Do you think that the do you think the cold's going to actually impact the game, Kling? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think the game aspect. I mean, uh, other than the the fans and the you know the uh, the people on the sidelines. No, I think from a playing standpoint, I, I think it should be should be fine. Now the Chiefs have practiced indoors, you know, for the most part this week, so um, that's been a little bit of a change. You're not out there in the elements. Um, I suppose that the wind could be a factor, though. I mean, we know the the swirling winds that happen at at Arrowhead and. <laughs> we'll, we'll all be overanalyzing the kicking game if that happens, right? So there is the uh, there is the uh, the opportunity for that if if the winds you know are anything like they're they are today. But it's supposed to be a little bit better, obviously by by Saturday. But that also feels much more of a Geno Smith problem than Patrick Mahomes. Typically, when teams talk about playing through the wind, that affects the weaker armed quarterbacks. Cling, not the guys who got a howitzer like Mahomes. Yeah, it doesn't seem to really anything really affects him in terms of weather and I don't know, maybe we're, maybe we're operating again from that arrogant spot where, where nothing can, can phase him, but no, it doesn't, doesn't seem like weather has been a problem for the, uh, for him or the chiefs at all. I would just worry more about the, yeah, the kicking game that we're all fretting this week, right. Mm. Uh, in, in the winds at Arrowhead. Other than that, though, I think it's probably that. I mean, I'm just not, I'm not worried much about this matchup anyway. I mean, a few weeks ago, you might've thought Seattle was on a much better progression than they are right now. So this, this, I think the chiefs for everybody involved, need a need a little get healthy game so hopefully that's that's at the expense of the the Seahawks on Saturday what a wild week by the way for Tommy Townsend he gets called out by the guy who had the job before him who's going to be a Chiefs Hall of Famer only to end up as special teams player of the week in his first Pro Bowl cling <laughs> yeah I guess I don't know I guess the counter would be not as a holder necessarily but no I think uh, he's been he's been great because I was kind of concerned before the season started about, about Townsend. And I thought, you know, maybe they bring in another punter. He never been, he hadn't been hitting the ball, especially well, you know, I even thought last season was a little bit iffy, but boy, he's whatever he's done adjustment wise, he is absolutely thumping it 
flips the field, uh, drills it long. His, uh, the ball seems to be rocketing off his foot. So, no, well-deserved to have that Pro Bowl honor for him. Are the Seahawks – like, I understand that they're playing a lot worse football than they were just even a month ago, Kling. But I still feel like the way we talk about this team is they can still catch you. I worry a little bit about the pass rush and those things because as much as Colin Saunders can take to Twitter and point out that they're fourth in the NFL in sacks, their sacks come against bad teams. Their sacks do not come against good teams. That seems to be the very common theme this year. And then also you have a week where um, that position group is sick, right? They passed around the bug. And so how's that going to affect things? I think at times I've seen – I felt like, you know, some some spots on the defense looked a little tired or a little beat up here recently. And so I don't know how you bounce back, you know, right away. And then to have that position group specifically uh, be one that's been, you know, listed as kind of ill this week um, would give me a little bit of pause in that regard. I, I just think the other the other side of the football I'm not as concerned about. Um, I think Seattle's been a little bit different team. They don't run the football much. And I think that that has, that has hampered their ability on offense. And so – I think uh, I think that the uh, the Chiefs defense will have a test for sure in in, in Metcalf, um, and then obviously Geno's had a had a really solid year, and you guys know my affinity for Geno Smith. So um, I mean, you know, right or right or wrong, right back in 2013. <laughs> no, you would have been right uh, if it was Andy Reid. You would have been right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd have played. I, I I firmly believe he'd have played great for Andy Reid, but uh, their offense just doesn't scare me enough. And then. Uh, I think I think defensively, yeah. If you're doing some talking too, I think you'd probably want to back it up this week. So I would think that the that the defensive line, if they're feeling up to it, who knows based on health, but they're feeling up to it, ought to, ought to get after it this week to to back up Colin. Kling, it seems like we have mirror images now. Records wouldn't in, wouldn't implicate that, but Seattle is 31st against the run, giving up 161 yards a game. They're 17th in passing, giving up about 220 a game. Seems like the same recipe as last week. Is this a game which you feel comfortable with? The Chiefs can finally give us that Christmas Eve game where at three o'clock I can wrap my damn presents and and just relax and not have to like pay attention to details to talk about on Monday night. You think based on their ability to to not stop the run? Because I, I never know if the Chiefs really want to take yeah. advantage of that. They time, don't like running know? it. No. They would prefer not I to. I know. I know. But I thought last week they they did. You know they were um, you know more balanced. I think than. You know, about as balanced as you could expect, I guess I should say, uh, for for a, for a Chiefs team. And so, yeah, hopefully. But also, you know, as, as we get into, you know, December into January, I I don't want to see Pacheco take a massive pounding. I want that guy to be fresh for the uh, for the for the postseason to be able to run the football. So I don't need to overthink the uh, the run game. But um, but yeah, it looks like that you can for another week take advantage of somebody on the ground. I don't know if the Chiefs did that enough last week. Uh, they were going for a while and then seemingly kind of, you know, got, got stuck in, in kind of throwing the football when I thought they should have just pounded the pounded it on the ground. But that seems to be the case. We, that seems to be the argument we have all the time, right? <laughs> they never right. run enough for, for all of us for the most part, but you have Mahomes and you have those, all those pass catchers. You got to throw the ball around too. You know, what's crazy about the Pacheco stuff. Clay, I'm not worried at all. He's only at 139 carries this year. That's a, that's a light workload, man. With four it really phones. is. I know it really is, but you know, it seems like he's taken on three, tacklers every every yeah. time he's you know he's putting his head down and hitting people and i'm like man for long-term preservation i don't know if this is the best idea pal like that and that and to get that that second contract or, a, or or ever get paid i'm like sometimes you just gotta duck out of bounds a little bit i just worry about him taking a, a whole bunch of hits and then you're you're into the point of the year too where 
I know he mentioned it when I talked to him a couple weeks ago after the game was was that he he now he now knows he's into the longest season he's ever been a part of, right? So yeah, you, you find that mix too of taking care of your body and, and making sure you're feeling up the snuff because you're playing more games than you have before in that rookie season. So he was pretty aware of it. I know he was asking guys questions and, and, you know, uh, you know, figuring out the best way to, to keep himself healthy here down the stretch. So he's got a, he's got an eye on that as well, but he, man, he just, he's got one gear at <laughs> times that kind of scares me. You speak of rookies. This is another week where like, like we said last week, they're probably going to be without their starting running back and in, in Kenny Walker they're they're going to be without Tyler Lockett, so it's Geno and it's DK against this rookie secondary that Dayton Hughes alluded to earlier that has three rookie corners uh, going out there. This is a game in which, you know, we're running out of regular season time. It's it's getting ready to get really really serious. I've always said that post January first is when Chiefs season really begins, and this seems like one of those games where it's like, hey, you get in the playoffs as of right now. Your receiver matchups are Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. DK yeah. Metcalf isn't really a, isn't really a far cry from those three guys. How do you get really wrapped up in that when it's a, a game that you should win, but also a game in which you can practice for? Yeah, but they also I think need that group needs ever and plus they don't know what they don't know, right? So I think they have to go out there. And they, I don't think they're thinking about uh, you know January in the postseason. I think in a way that's probably good, right? That uh, these guys are playing game to game. They don't. <laughs> they, they haven't fallen into the trap the rest of us have fallen into, right? It's like, right. oh, the playoffs will start. We'll just kick it in. Uh, they got a lot to prove. So I think this is a huge test for, for that secondary because I thought the last go-round um, against kind of a bigger-time receivers that they, they may have had collectively one of their weaker days. And so I think that they're probably looking for every uh, test that they can go out and pass right now. He's a tough one, though, too. I mean, mm-hmm. big physical. We know the Chiefs have tried to go in that regard and in, in the draft. McDuffie not included necessarily, but but Williams like bigger, uh, longer to to battle those bigger, tougher wide receivers. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be an interesting test to to go up against him for sure. He's just he's just a beast. I know Steve Spagnuolo has spoken about, yeah. about him yesterday and was uh, you know admiring one of the photos. Good God, <laughs> of, what know, a stud! Yeah. Right? Isn't that what he said? <laughs> yeah, exactly, something like that. I'm going, yeah, yeah. He's he's a freak. So that's going to be a test. Steve Spagnolo going on a Twitter, finding a picture of DK Metcalf and be like, Oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, so at least well, you know he won't have sleep on him. He came across the men's fitness magazine and got enamored. Yeah, it was funny. Cling <laughs> on honest question. If we did a six ten the body issue calendar, would you do it? Oh jeez. <laughs> no. Why? That sounds like a terrible sounds like a terrible idea. You wouldn't no just one. you wouldn't put like a football in front of you and just sit, you know, cross legged <laughs> and smile? I don't think there's any market for that whatsoever. Uh, if you, you charge $10 and give all the proceeds to a charity, I guarantee you would sell thousands. Thousands? Thousands. Oh, Kling, I'm come with up with you. a different idea, couldn't we? Yeah. yeah, let's come up with a different idea to sell thousands. Yeah, yeah. the Kling? first idea is not always the best. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Kling, appreciate the time as always. Find a way to stay warm on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thinking warm thoughts already. Thanks, guys. You bet. I'm looking at the weather right now, and it says... Current feels like temperatures across the city at KCI minus 23. Awesome. In Overland Park, where we are, minus 26. Where Dusty lives, minus 25. Mm. Sounds pleasant, doesn't it? Sounds great. I did uh, during the break. I went and started my car. In the wait, Dusty, there's an hour and 15 minutes left of this automatic, show. Automatic start. It shuts off after five minutes. I so think, you're like pre warming yeah. it up a little bit now. I want my buns toasted on then the Then you're going to go again here in what, like 30 minutes? You're just going to keep firing no. it up? Once an hour, so I'll do it again at probably like, you know, the... 145? Yeah. 
I actually think that's smart because this morning when I was getting ready to come into work, I went and started my car and you mm-hmm. know got ready for the morning and whatnot. But because there was so much ice yeah. that fell last night, I should have gone out last night and started it and gotten the ice off. But no, I'm an idiot. So I actually think Dusty's in the right here. So sit in the car for five minutes while it warms up. I see. Guess. I want my car to be warm. Why don't I have like, an automatic? I start? can just I can just middle finger you guys on the way out of here and be like, see ya. But I mean, you guys obviously both have the day off tomorrow. So you wait. Won't. Have you? Is that official? Have you officially given I'm Jed the day letting, off tomorrow? I'm not letting him come in tomorrow. He's getting married tomorrow. Look at this, Jed. Isn't that nice? Why the hell? We can do we... the whole day off. Not stress out. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not stressed out now. He seems very I mean, chill about the. Not now, now, but I mean, if you got here and it was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta get out of here. I gotta shower. I gotta trim up. I gotta. You what know, if the car starts a little slow. You know it's like, I mean? it just work. I'm I just, drive a nice car. It's a nice new one year old car. It should be fine. Yeah, but I mean, you still have to trim the beard. No. You gotta brush the I teeth. I got a beard gotta, trim. This uh, is how. This is what it's. The look is. Okay. He didn't get trimmed like last week. It was. It was looking pretty tight last week. I mean, I think it's great that your Instagram photo. You. Look, I did not know who you were when I. What do you mean? Because I, I wasn't wearing a hat. No, just because you look different. Because I looked happy. No, you just you you didn't have like the long beard. It's like a short beard. I know because I got it trimmed. I've gotten it trimmed twice mm. actually. And you said this is trimmed now. This is yeah. But you won't go mustache. No, not just mustache. So you're just going full, just full beard. The, okay. Will you ever go no beard again? Possibly. Normally, not right now. <laughs> no, not not yeah. this temperature. It, what the worst part has been when I've gotten my haircut. Now, like the back of my neck is always super cold. That's why I'm mm. hood up right now. Okay. But yeah, no, I, Cody. To answer your question, I generally don't get the beard trim. Once it goes so long, I'm just like, all right, I'm getting rid of this, and then I just go clean face and then just grow it all back but no i'll probably keep rocking the beard for a while somebody just texted in pansies like what's the like why do people just send in one word oh i'm so glad you're tougher than me because you want to stand outside in negative 30 degree temperatures i'm just doing it to like as a smart person to have your engine started before you go actually just raw dog it and start going and you're (laughs) when it's this cold aren't you supposed to start your car and let it run for a little while as opposed to just get in and just be like all right i'm out I guess it's not, not good for the. If that, if, you know what? I'm going to admit something. If that makes me a pansy, I will own that the rest of my life. Yeah, I will. I will die on this, the pansy hill. This goes back to like, something we discussed on this show one other time, which uh, was. I will not congratulate you, applaud you. Yeah. This should not be a celebratory moment when you're like, I waited to December 1st to turn my heat on. No one's proud of you. Good for you. Pay the three dollars for your own personal life comfort. You get one life. Yeah. Do not celebrate the fact that you've waited until whenever to turn your heat on. It's cold. Turn it on. It's fine. No one's proud of you. You didn't do anything worth worthy of accomplishment. Just turn your heat on. Turn your AC on. It's not a thing to be proud of. The air conditioning I can get down with, but yeah. as as a fun aside, so I haven't been to my apartment, so anyone who wants to break in, feel free, for a long time. But the last time I stopped by, I noticed that uh, my furnace wasn't working. Mm. Down to a nice balmy 55 in there. Decided to let somebody know that, maybe? I did. I let the maintenance people know. It only took them two days to get over there and make sure to, you know, fix that. So good times. That's why you rent. Somebody says, I love this station, every show on it. But if you guys let Jed work on his wedding day, you guys effing suck. <laughs> I, I was the one who chose. To... I'm the one that's saying I'm not letting him come Dusty in. He says he's not going to let him. We're good. We're off the hook. Dusty, what are you doing it to? I asked people to send Jed money uh, yesterday working. on Venmo, Jed-Marshall-3, mm-hmm. for his wedding day. Dusty's going to cover it. We've been helping Jed out for his wedding day. 
I mean, it's going to be a. That is my wedding gift. I'm not buying you anything. I didn't ask for you to buy me I anything. Know. I didn't I'm ask just... anyone to buy me anything no except for saying... Cody and Gold. Not well, not that this doesn't. I said I will for his party in March. Or is it May or March? May. May. Cody's probably got a bottle of Blanton's he could give you. I'm good. Oh, you don't I do that? Do. No, I'm all right. Okay. All right. I do have a bottle of that, but not. But, but not to give away. Jed doesn't drink, so <laughs> yeah. that doesn't, you know, we got to save oh, that for something I didn't else. know that. Okay. Let's quickly get to a random question of the day. Random question. Random question of the day brought to you by the window source of Kansas City. Text line 913-586-7610 for you, Dusty, for you, Jed. What I want to know today is what is your longest running family tradition? Tomorrow night, we will have the annual in-between game for the TAP family and friends. Pre-COVID, it had a 16 consecutive year run. We used to do it on Christmas Eve every year. My God, dude, we'd be at like Waffle House at like 630 in the morning. Oh, love that. Love Six thirty in the morning, Christmas morning. Been drinking and gambling all night. Mm. That is the longest running Taft family tradition. Our Christmases have changed a little bit. Where we go, the things we do, our Thanksgivings have changed a little bit. But the in between game is running. It, it's had a damn near two decade run. It will continue again on Friday. I think that is our longest running family tradition. Longest running family tradition. It just so maybe it's to be. what you guys get for Christmas Eve dinner. Like my in-laws, we get El Pollo Rey and mm. tamales, mm. but that's only been going for five years. It doesn't have a twenty-year run. It yeah. doesn't have the in-between run. So the tamales and El Pollo Rey chicken. That's a, that's a five-year run for the for I, my in-laws. I guess I can have two because I have divorced families, right? I've, I've uh, dad side, mom side, dad side. Every year for Christmas, this is pretty cool. I think um, my sister and I. Since we, uh, once we graduated high school, went out to college, my stepmom gets us a big brown box filled with all the essentials you need laundry detergent, Kleenexes, toothpaste every year. Oh, that's awesome. Toothpaste, loofahs, shower gel, deodorant, uh, uh, laundry detergent, I said, dryer sheets, um, razors, all that type of stuff that you don't have. I mean, dude, it's awesome. And I don't have to go. Um, I don't have to go out and do weird things, right? To to like go out to like target like purchasing essential items. Right, I don't have to go do that. <laughs> I, have to, I have to go spend my hard-earned cash for at least six months on detergent or dryer sheets or or all that. And then on my on my mom's side, one thing we started doing on Christmas is just stick stick to the. So how the, how long's that 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 been running? Oh man. Uh, I would say, let's see, I've been out of college for almost 10 years. So it's it, for at least me. So it, for my sister, who was three years older than me, so it's been going on for almost like 15 years. Wow. God, that is a good. Okay. That's it's a, good a solid one. And then on the other side, uh, we do tacos on Christmas. It's easy. It's not traditional. And everybody in my family loves tacos. So like um, anytime we get, we get over there, there's just, you got your taco meat, you got your chips, cheese, guac, queso, all that stuff's out. You want to go eat? Go eat at any time. No one's saying, "Hey, this is when we this is when we eat. This is when you." There's go a taco get it. bar. Go it's nuts. just a taco bar. Go enjoy it. Have fun. Fill yourself up. Get out of here. Get fat and sassy. Come back. Watch whatever you want to watch, and then I control the remote because I get NBA and NFL, so it's always my fault. Someone says, "Explain the in between game to me." AC Ducey, whatever you play. Let's oh. just say the first card's a three. The second card's a king. There's money in the pot. You're just betting whether or not that card comes in between those two. That's like uh, we used to call that uh, gut. Gut. Okay, yeah. sure. It's got a couple of different names. We always called it in between. They but. put. There's an episode of. Uh, <laughs> there's an episode of uh, 
Curb Your Enthusiasm, where a guy has an ace as a high card, and he doesn't call, and Larry David calls him a name, and it makes this huge episode. Uh, it's pretty awesome. So from the 816, we have orange rolls for breakfast Christmas morning. Been going Dude. since I was a kid. 20-plus years. I'm down with the orange rolls. Like, not every time, but that orange. For Christmas, that's kind of perfect. That's That orange glaze on those Cinnabon. Oh, man, you take the center one, too. Or you just put them all in a pan so there is no center. From the 913, 20-year run of my family eating at Quick Trip for Christmas dinner. How what, are you guys just going to get hot dogs? Are you getting rollers? How have you not figured out a different? I mean, is that, that beat up? Is that him saying that he just goes and gets the jalapeno sausage roll? And, well, like I know for some people, like it might be getting Chinese food every Christmas. Maybe they got a twenty year run of that. Some people, it's a certain gift type. Who's got better pizza, Quick Trip or Casey's? Buy the slice. I think I think the buy the slice Quick Trip one's pretty good. It's kind of stepped I think it's, it's better game than up. the full one somehow. Doesn't make sense, but I don't want the full pizza. It. I mean, I got a slice yesterday from Quick Trip, and it was fantastic. I don't know if I got it fresh off the press, but, man, it was fluffy. It was soft, cheap. I mean, it was great. Jed, you got any long-running family traditions? So, because it's the holiday season and I am uh, a morbid person, my parents are both passed away. So, our long-standing tradition, I have two older sisters, so now they do their own thing. But we always used to get pajamas and open one present on Christmas Eve. Okay. That was always our one thing that we Even would as do. adults, you guys did it? Yeah. I, well, I mean... We do pajamas on Christmas Eve, too, Chad. Oh, perfect. Well, well we started by. that when we had kids. Are they the onesies or just, like, matching? No, they're all onesies. No. With the little, <laughs> no, little it, flap like, of the ass? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I wanted. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, generally, we would get, like, I'd get pajama pants. Like, sure. So I have 25 pairs of pajama pants. I have the poker pajama pants, the beer pajama pants, 18 pairs of KU pajama pants, like, that was our big thing, but... Bring it back. Get yourself some pajamas. At this point, I don't know, Lini and I will establish a new Christmas tradition. How about that? Okay. I'm just asking what the longest running one. Sounds like that one was the longest running one in the Marshall household for a very, very, very long time. That random question of the day brought to you by The Window Source of Kansas City. When we come back, let's get you some final fantasy football advice. Only a couple weeks left if you're still alive or you're looking for some daily plays. Paul Charchin of guillotineleagues.com. He joins us next.